Parts of the stories you're about to hear regarding drug use in this camp are completely false. Exactly which parts, you decide. Psychedelics may not be for everyone. Please don't try this at home. Hey, Shay. Hey, Ian. I need your help. All right. I read this pretty great joke. I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I, I'm not very good at telling it. I, I, I don't do a good job, all right? But maybe you can help me with, with the tone. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. A question mark walks into a bar? Oh, I know the answer. <laughs> it's um no, but there is a there's a good there's a good maybe joke for this. It's um <laughs> well, I just I just try to figure out how to tell it. A question mark walks into a bar? Interabang. <laughs> Do you know what Interabang is? No, no, no. It's the question mark with the exclamation point. It's like a question mark with a bar. Interabang. <laughs> no, I just no. <laughs> okay. You, you, no, that's not the joke at all, get it? Like, the whole joke is a question mark walks into a bar? What the fuck are you talking about? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Camp Reeducation, an immersive boot camp into the world we thought we knew. We are your hosts, Ian and Shay, beginning our two-week immersion into the world of microdosing. So today's episode, Ian, why are we here? Uh, we're here to microdose. Dude, I'm stoked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how I feel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like uh, equal, equal parts excited and uh, equal parts, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? <laughs> I think it's going to be really good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're doing a part zero uh, this week, which I think makes sense because we don't really know anything about microdosing and we're worried this might be a little dangerous. So part zero is basically some time for us to talk about what we know before we do some research, because during the next week, we're going to be doing some research into exactly what microdosing is. Um, we'll be allegedly obtaining some illicit substances or maybe their chemical analogs. And yeah, I, th I think the goal of this is uh, we just want to make sure that we're not going to take uh, any kind of amount that is going to get us fired from our jobs. <laughs> uh, because I think the plan is to work through the dosage, correct? Allegedly, yes. Allegedly, we will be, you know, <laughs> supposedly, hypothetically speaking, if I'm in a meeting and I start swatting at things that aren't there, um, that might be the reason why. So we want to avoid that. And, uh, this is why we're kind of taking some extra time to, uh, dive in with each other and then maybe ask around a little bit to make sure that we don't, uh, go overboard. In an attempt to capture our feelings before we do research and, and kind of muddy up our original preconceptions about what microdosing was, we're taking this time now to kind of just kind of parse through what we think we already know about it before we do the, the next week's worth of research. So Ian, you and I had some real fun <laughs> the other day. We allegedly uh, had a really interesting experience. Allegedly, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so why don't you uh, why don't you walk me through what happened? Yeah. So um, I had reached out to a friend of mine uh, living in Canada who pointed us to a website whose location shall remain undisclosed where you can allegedly purse it some of the analogs of um, uh, LSD. So um, we may or may not have contacted this friend and uh, <laughs> got some of that information. And then we may or may not have purchased some of these illicit substances with what may or may not be America's favorite cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> 
That uh, sounds like it may or may not be exactly what happened. It may or may not be. And what a blast that may or may not have been. So uh, just, yeah, it, it, I think while we were uh, undergoing this uh, process or at least seeing how it could be done, we just kind of commented on, on how far we've come as a society where, you know, back in the day you would, I don't know, go to some shady walk up in New York and like knock on the uh, door of the apartment of a guy named like Newt Hogg or something. And uh, he would like make you sit on the couch and like tell you the story of uh, how he hates his mom's spaghetti. And you would just be like, oh, and you'd get some illicit substance that you would hope was what you were purchasing. And like now you can just sit at the comfort of your own home with uh, a friend from another state and uh, purchase a product from a European country. Yeah, buying acid has definitely gotten easier. <laughs> Made by fucking scientists. Like, it's just, it's insane how far, how far we've come. We assume they're scientists. I mean, I think I we're putting a lot hope of... I they're scientists. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. We're putting a lot of faith in the internet right now. But <laughs> for some reason, I feel okay with it. In the era of uh, Amazon, this just, this feels okay. There were customer reviews. I like how there's like an Amazon of drug dealers, by the way. I mean, I feel like, yeah, and especially after the aftermath of Silk Road, I just feel like this is just kind of like, oh yeah, like people have been like... Buying Hitman online. Like, what's buying acid if you can buy a Hitman, right? I mean, we, it could have been worse. We could have bought a Hitman, but we didn't. Yeah, mom, we didn't. <laughs> I didn't see that on that website anyway, so that, made me, that also made me feel better. It was at the bottom. There was a special link. I was, I was going to say, like, it's like you, you buy something like uh, you might also like Hitman. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm glad that wasn't a choice. So uh, kind of leading into this, uh, we, we want to ask ourselves the floor of our knowledge, kind of what we already know about this so far. I, I feel like when someone says the word microdosing, I know exactly what they're talking about. I mean, but do we really know like what this entails? Yeah, I, I, I feel pretty similarly, like I have a pretty strong idea of what it is. And I'm, I'm excited for the next week to like kind of test that boundary. I did speak with my friend um, who has some experience with microdosing before this, um, just to kind of test the waters and see if this was even a feasible idea. And he gave me some information uh, that was already surprising to me. I didn't know that microdosing uh, wasn't every single day. I, oh, it's I not? No, I thought that it was an, uh, every single day you take a little bit of acid. But apparently there's like this like formula where it's it's three day cycle. You prepare, you do it, and then you kind of integrate the experience into your reality. And then the next day you prepare again. And then so it's it's this kind of cycle, which was already surprising for me. It, you know, shows already, I guess, what I know about this. But well, I'm glad we knew that before we just started dosing ourselves with acid every day. So that's fucking helpful. Yeah, I think we're going to have way too much acid now. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you said you like spoke to your buddy. Like, what kind of person is he? Because I, I also have a friend who does this every day and he's uh, he's a type. He's an interesting guy. You've met him. We'll talk about uh, that. In a moment. Yeah, I think there is a type, right? There, there's I don't think you expect your supervisors to be the kind of people to do this. They, I feel like the, the impression most people have is the the shady, I forgot what you called him, Merc Toad? What did you call him? <laughs> <here? laughs> Newt Dog or something? Newt Dog. Yeah, like there's a, there's a stereotype of a guy living under a bridge, like staring at his hands all day, <laughs> you know, for, for, for microdosing. Yeah. Um, our mutual friend, the guy you were talking about, uh, interesting character. I think we might, I think we're trying to interview him. So we might actually all get to hear from him uh, in the coming weeks. Which I'm, which I'm looking forward to a lot. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to get him on tape being like, so man, what's reality? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think like, yeah, I, would you say your perception of these people is like pretty positive or pretty negative? You know, I think it's, it's 
neutral to, to slightly negative. I don't super judge them. They don't come across as the most productive people to me, which is something that I value uh, in myself and in others. But nonetheless, like I, it's not like necessarily an overall negative opinion. How about you? So I've, I've done it before. So I mean, like, I get it. Not microdosing. You've done acid. I've, uh, you know, in, imbibed in, in psychedelics before. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> it's not something that I do regularly, right? It's like, um, I don't know if I had to come up for, with an analogy, I would liken it to like a person who only reads one book every single day. What do you mean? Which is like indulging in uh, a singular experience uh, all the time and like building a lifestyle around that. It's just I feel like that's all they're gonna want to talk about. That's all they're gonna have to bring to the table. So it's just like I almost think of these people as like a little too um, like singular. Okay, so you meant reading the same book over and over reading every day. The same book. It's like, and they they want to talk to you about the same book every day. So it's like every time you see them, it's like, hey man, how are you? You're like, dude, I was reading uh, Catcher in the Rye again, bro. Fuck, man, you won't right. believe what I found this time. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. here we go again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's, that's kind of the, that's how I think of it, I guess. Right. No, I get it. It's like similar to like a stoner who it's like their entire personality kind of becomes about smoking weed. And that's like all they really like to do or talk about. And it's so integral to who they are. It's hard to kind of separate like what is stoner friend and what is just a person you're hanging out with. Yeah. Like, can you, like you're, uh, you know, a musician. Can you imagine if your entire personality was focused on just playing one song over and over and over again? And all you could talk about was that one song that you played all the time. Dude, I feel like my Instagram is just me posting the same post. Hey, new song <laughs> out. Like, like it, please. <laughs> Stream it on Spotify, please. Pretty please. I feel like that is my personality. Is this same fucking song. Like, it was like, I, I, this still isn't good. Shay. Yeah. <laughs> Give up. see i think that would be like my impression or my uh idea about those those kinds of people like the 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 microdosers or that culture in general why do you think it is that people microdose to begin with so i mean like let me let me ask your question with a question like when you did psychedelics like what were you what were you trying to get out of it like what what were you going into the experience for I think my motivations changed. I've, so I did it a couple of times in life, a couple of different stages. Like, uh, uh, I think my first time I might have been 18 or 19. Yeah. And then I've done it as recently as last year, allegedly. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, these are full-blown trips. These aren't microdosing. Yeah. My motivations ranged from being purely recreational just to have a good time and you know see things and maybe hallucinate or and at least that was my original impression was that you know you'd be able to see things that weren't necessarily there to a little bit more about expanding the idea of consciousness and oneness and presentness like yeah my last my last few experiences with it were more about that is that what microdosing people are trying to do is capture like capture that in like a small small manageable dose that is continuous that's kind, of, that's kind of my impression, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, like, the first time I did it, um, I was, like, similar. I think I was, like, 18, 19 years old. And I didn't really know that there was going to be, like, that consciousness-altering aspect of it. Like, I think it was just going to be, like, a fun thing. But it was weird how it just kind of, like, stretched my perceptions of reality. And it almost got, like, a bird's-eye view of my, like, motivations and just, like, where they'd even come from and just kind of how insignificant they were. It, like, lays all of your motivations bare on a table, and you can just kind of, like, look at them and be like, huh, that's that's what makes me me. That's what I'm like. So I, I wonder if it's, like, kind of just having, like, that program run in the background. Like, you know how when you 
have a lot of programs running on your phone simultaneously and you can like click them open and like see them all at the same time. Right. I'm kind of thinking like maybe that's what microdosing is. It's just like, it's not running every program at once, but they're all in the background and you can kind of see them and be like, okay, this is what's on my phone. This is what's running right now. Dude, I love that analogy. Um, I feel like I'm kind of cheating for this camp a little bit because I read a book last year by Michael Pollan. It was a really cool book called How to Change Your Mind and it's all about psychedelics. And um, I know, I, I think our research for the next week, I think for both of us is going to be in, at least reviewing or reading that book, um, which I'm stoked for because it was fucking awesome. But one of the ideas he talks about is this idea of a default mode network, which is a part of an adult person's brain that is kind of in charge of running all of those little tiny programs that the adult brain doesn't even think about anymore. Like you're just running this program that says walk to the fridge and grab food. You don't have to think about it anymore, right? Yeah. And so I think hopefully what this microdosing thing will do is like let you realize, oh, that program just turned on. I'm aware now that I'm getting up and going to the fridge and I'm, I'm experiencing this again. I'm not just along for the ride. I'm a little bit more in control of the fact that, oh, I'm standing up now. I'm walking to the door. I'm opening up the fridge. I'm pulling food out. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> because now, this, you know, all that stuff happens. You don't even think about it. You're just yeah. like not totally present for your own life. Yeah, like uh, to, to kind of further your point, I had read an article that said we make apparently 30,000 decisions a day, but most of those are just like on autopilot. And I think there's something kind of, I, I think maybe this is what like microdoses are after. Like you, like you basically just mentioned that it's about kind of being, uh, I guess, I don't know, like more present in your life because right. it really is scary how much, how automatic our lives are and, and how most of our days are basically just us waking up going, can't wait till this one's over. Yeah, it's interesting. And do you think that do you think that motivation, especially the mindfulness and meditation, do you think that's why most other people do it? Or do you have the impression that maybe they do it more recreationally? <sighs> that's a great question. I, I feel like there are probably, you know, there are the people that are doing it in good faith. And then there are people that are doing it in bad faith and saying that they're doing it in good faith. Like there are the people that are going, um, I'm doing this to be more present in my life, to be more cognizant of, you know, my relationship with the world. And um just to kind of like, I think there's something almost existential about it, where it's like you really are trying to take uh, ownership of your decisions by by making yourself aware of them. Not necessarily in terms of like, all right, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, but just like, mm -hmm. you know, um, taking more control over your life versus the people that are just, you know, um, taking it because they want like uh, Rick and Morty to be funnier that day. I don't know. You know, I wonder, does it feel like a shortcut? To you, if they are if they are using it as a as a as a way to become more mindful, does it feel like a cheat code to just spending more time dedicating energy into being mindful to like concentrating on being present? Do you feel like it's a cheat somehow? You know, yes and no, because I, I feel like if we were to look at a lot of the famous uh, thinkers in history, a lot of them took illicit substances like Freud uh, had his cocaine. Um, I feel like a lot of the French surrealists and a lot of the famous French thinkers had their absinthe. Um, I'm sure they all, uh, you know, used marijuana. Um I mean, that's, that's interesting to think about, too. Like, maybe I'll look a little bit into that because I'm curious to know what it's going to do to my thinking because I'm going to try to do a little writing on it. But yeah, yeah yes and no, right? Like, um, that I, I never really thought of it as, as a kind of cheating before. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I, I do think there's a difference between psychedelics as a class of drugs and your stimulants and depressants like um, like alcohol and cocaine specifically. Yeah. Um, because I do personally kind of view it as a shortcut. Like, I think I could probably spend 
an hour or probably not even that long, probably half an hour a day trying to focus on my mindfulness and meditate. And I know that I, I've tried that before. It's fucking hard, man. I suck at it. Like I'm not real. I'm not good at it at all. Yeah. So I do feel like doing one out of body experience a year or, ha- you know, every half year can like really jumpstart that part of you that makes yourself just feel wholly aware and present and conscious and part of uh, something larger than yourself. I do feel like it's kind of a short circuit, kind of a, you know, a cheat code, a life hack almost to just some immediate presence in your day to day. Yeah, I could I could see that. I, I think I would almost liken it to trying to kind of trace the origins of your character, your motivations, like what's driving you, what, what how you think um, as trying to do a self-portrait with your eyes closed. And then like the psychedelics is kind of the, I don't know, almost like that out of body experience or like the, the mirror that lets you be like, see things a little more clearly. Like it is very good at just kind of pushing aside the clutter and just being like, this is what this is done. So do you think though that's the main psychological benefit you could have for this or do you think there's other benefits i think there might be but i don't know about them yet i haven't really i haven't really done too much thinking about it which is why i think we're starting here because we don't want to dive in too soon because we don't want to we don't want to waste an opportunity on what's a pretty involved experience i mean like i said we we used uh uh uh, an encrypted currency to buy the you know allegedly these substances from uh, a lab in Europe that will allegedly be shipped to a location from which we will pick it up. So I just want to make sure that, yeah, like we we kind of explore all angles. So this is something definitely we're thinking about moving forward. Yeah. And I love that we're able to capture this ignorance right now before we dive too deep in it, because we're only going to be this ignorant once, you know, after this <laughs> next after these next couple of weeks, we're going to be uh, hopefully a little less ignorant about all this. So I like that we're able to kind of take a snapshot of all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no turning back after this, right? <laughs> um, but speaking of which, I think now would probably be a good a time as ever to uh, hear from our sponsor. Life always tries to tell you no. No, you can't do that here. No, sorry, you're too late to redeem this offer. No, seriously, that is absolutely prohibited here. If you don't stop, we're going to call the police again. But here at camp... We say yes. Yes, please donate monthly to our Patreon. Yes, definitely pay us to advertise your products. Yes, checks and money orders are accepted. We give you the power to do as you like, so you can tell life and those assholes at that fucking restaurant to go fuck right off. And then say yes to Campri Education. All right, and we're back. And uh, I absolutely couldn't agree more with that fantastic ad. You should say yes, and you should give us money because we love it. Um, so, Shay, I'm just curious, man. Um, on a surface level, like, do you have any existing biases already about what we're doing? About microdosing in general? Yeah. I guess some negative biases I have about microdosing in general could be like this idea that we kind of mentioned before about uh, the types of people that do it. I don't really want to be a burnout, you know, or come across as a burnout or seem like I'm someone who is making a lifestyle out of like getting fucked up, which I, <laughs> I kind of, you know what I mean? I kind of think that's a little bit how some of these people treat it is they they just like, again, like what you're talking about with the person who only reads the one book over and over again. Like, I don't really want that to be me, you know, the, the this one dimensional character. Yeah, there's a part of me that's a little afraid about developing some kind of paranoia or schizophrenia or like kind of unleashing some aspect, uncaging the mind a little bit. But I'm not really 
too worried about that, um, especially considering my previous experiences about it. I think it's probably fine. Um, do you have any of those worries? You know, going back to that line that you just said about like what, what like unleashing the mind. Right. Yeah. Just there's there is something to me about um, repression. Like there's a reason that like the brain tampers some things down so that we can function. You know, uh, and I'm like this is like a, what a lot of I think existential philosophy was like, uh, especially um, I think like Hardiger, uh, Hardiger, especially like Heidegger and 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 Sartre and Camus. Just this idea that like. In order to truly begin living your life, you have to first like um, come to an, an acceptance of your mortality. And we don't think about that because, I mean, if it was constantly on the forefront of our mind, we would just be, you know, like on the floor uh, shrieking or, or, or always on the verge of a panic attack. So, I mean, like our cognitive automation is almost like a defense mechanism so that we can function in, in the real world. So I'm... Uh, like you just said, I'm a little bit concerned about what it's going to be like for like two weeks constantly being interacting with that unconscious aspect of the mind the mind is a freaky thing like it's a weird like wild like um i feel like we still haven't really been able to answer questions about what the mind is so kind of giving uh, the mind free reign is something i'm uh, both excited and terrified about i mean like how much how much do you trust your own psyche I trust it enough, but I, dude, I'm excited, <laughs> man. You know, when you mentioned these ideas that we cage the mind in to kind of protect ourselves from what it really means to face death, man, I'm excited to dive into those pits of like despair and craziness and face mortality. Uh, what Michael Pollan talks about in that book a lot is a lot of people dealing with end of life crises, like people who have terminal cancer, who, who do psychedelic therapy, who they face death and they have these incredible, deep, heavy trips. And from this they're able to cope with the idea that they're about to die and they're at, they actually become at peace with it. And apparently there's been a lot of research into this kind of stuff. Uh, I want to feel that, man. I want to be like, I want to face death in the edge and realize that I am one with the cosmos, that the same atoms that are within me that make me who I am are the same atoms that make stars. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you, you, uh, you, got, you got into it just then, man. I'm feeling it, man. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what I'm kind of interested in, in Getting out of this experience is like learning what it is about me that gets in my own way. Because mm. um, I think everybody has a little bit of that. But um, in my experiences previously doing this, like I, I was always able to kind of bring that to the forefront. And it always, not always, but if I were to have a bad experience or a negative experience, that's always the issue that I had to wrestle with. Where it's just like, man, this is a really fundamental, why am I keep waving my hand in front of my face? But just like, man, this is a really fundamental part of me that I need to learn how to overcome. So it, like I said, uh, I think everybody who hasn't done this has always been afraid of the quote unquote like bad trip right? Um, of, you know, uh, imagining yourself turned into a, a, a dinosaur or something <laughs> and you like got to find Cocoa Puffs or you'll die. So I'm like, I'm not worried about that, but I, I definitely am worried about the kind of the, the unleashing of, of, of the mind, so to speak. Like, uh, I, and I do like that we're framing the mind in, in the context of like a Girls Gone Wild video. Like <laughs> my, my mind tits, I guess. I, don't know. I think we also have a lot less to worry about when we're considering the the dosage yeah. that we'll that we'll be taking, especially considering that this is a micro dose. I think that assumedly the effects will be much tamer. We'll be able to manage and hopefully still maintain basic composure and functionality during our work days and throughout our personal lives, going grocery shopping. I'm not super worried about any of the extreme ends because I guess, again, we're micro dosing. Allegedly. Allegedly, as the name implies. But, you know, you alluded to something I thought was interesting is like the, this proverbial bad trip 
And I, and yeah. I actually, I, you know, I've had not great trips, but you also see all the time these animated depictions. And I don't know what it is about animated programming that always brings you there. But it seems like in this larger social cultural context, we have this trope of people having these terrible trips or not always terrible. But I, uh, the, my impression is that they're generally bad trips in these animated shows. I could easily come to mind the Simpsons, Rick and Morty, Family Guy. And I guess, you know, to the, all the Rick and Morty fans, because I know they're fucking ruthless. I know it's <laughs> I'm talking about the, the fart gas bubble. And I don't I know that's not supposed to be specifically an acid trip, but it's the same style. Yeah. So there that's been disclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> well, even uh, like. Um... Did you have you ever seen BoJack Horseman? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like hit like they they always. I feel like there's always an episode where they go overboard with the drugs and and they, um uh, and, and this is specifically for someone that has a lot of demons, just having to come face to face with that. And I think it's so interesting, um that that's always the representation, in the pop culture is this bad trip is the confrontation of the demons because like I don't really think I have that many. So it's like, what does the average person think that they have going on like under the surface? <laughs> Hi everyone, it's me, Future Ian, here to break check this smarmy idiot and inform everyone that shortly after he said this, past and Ian put this theory to the test and took a microscope through a macrodose and examined all of Ian's inner demons who then crashed their groovy psychedelic party. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Just for being so arrogant past Ian, future Ian is here to expose the soft, tender underbelly of your mind by playing the audio they recorded from their last, <laughs> alleged, psychedelic experience. Like, you weren't perfect, but fuck, you tried. <laughs> you know, I don't... I always admire you for that. Like, I mean, that's super admirable, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. This music is awesome. <laughs> so there you have it, kids. Psychedelics are not a toy. Anyway, back to these fucking idiots. Like, what fear or anxiety or rage are we that afraid to confront, right? Well, I think it goes back even to a little bit what you were talking about with the existentialists. Like, you were... In this environment, you're, you're kind of being pushed right up against what it means to even be a human, someone who is alive, who has to deal with conflicts of mortality. All of the traumas that everyone faces throughout their lives, the small little traumas that ultimately shape who you who you are and what your character is. All of that, I feel like, is on full display during these like large, massive doses. So I, I do feel like the the implicit boundary, the thin line between terrible and terrific is very is like razor thin. Right. Awesome, awful. Like they're both two yeah. two signs of the same coin. Like they're it's intense either way. Yeah. And you know which which way the needle ends up pointing is kind of almost a, a coin toss. But nonetheless, it's an intense experience and I think a lot of the the animated versions of these psychedelic trips go more towards just this idea of being awe-inspiring either way, regardless of whether or not it's bad or if it's good. You're still being forced to face these ideas of mortality or of i mean a lot of times they're a lot more superficial than that but you're being forced to face a lot kind of head on i think too just kind of like you had said to expand a little bit i think a lot of it comes from the recognition of like the uh, the automation like the the default mode um right. because if we define freedom as the ability to make choices i think when you experience like or when you do a large dose you really kind of see how little choice you have and that's very scary 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's, you know, there's like a big section of philosophy that theorizes that we actually hate freedom. Um, and when you're confronted with your lack of, of freedom and your, your lack of ability to make choices, it's really terrifying. It's really, really scary to realize like how much of your life you haven't lived and you've let, you know, be decided by other people. Um, right. It's often, you know, nameless, faceless uh, systems, masses, hordes, whatever. So, um, you know, again, I, I, I think we're getting kind of more into the, uh, the, the, the larger dose. I don't think we're going to be encountering this, but at the same time, we've never done this. So I don't know how much of this is going to come through, you know? Right. I guess if we do it correctly, we'll be avoiding some of this. I, I, you, know what I, you know what I kind of think it's going to be like is um, the difference between like a large dose would be like diving headfirst into a pool. And mm-hmm. like the microdosing is going to be like being able to follow a, a, a leak or something. And like, you know, y- you can kind of notice a leak and follow it to the pipe where it's coming from and be like, oh, so that's what this is without being like totally immersed, you know? Gotcha. As soon as you said dive into the pool, the metaphor I thought of was just like standing on the edge where uh, it's like technically in the pool, but it's where the drains are. And just like your your toes are being covered. Yeah. You know, so you, you feel the pool, but you're not in it. I kind of feel like that's kind of the the impression that we'll have with it. It's like we can tell something's different. Our feet are wet, yeah. but we're not submerged. You but know? I feel like even even now talking about this, we're, we're realizing like how limited our capacity to describe the workings of the mind where like the best we can come up with is a swimming pool or like some pipes, you know? Right. <laughs> I worry about how much I'm revealing by describing like the, the, just the pure simplicity of the inner workings of my mind. Like, yeah, it's just some pipes. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously like it just goes to show how complicated of a topic we're ultimately covering with microdosing like it's not just this chemical substance we're ultimately dealing with complexities and curiosities with the mind itself that's what we're trying to dive into with this experiment ultimately i think real i think you know having this conversation now i'm glad we're starting at part zero right because it's it's making me realize that this isn't about microdosing so much as it is about like using a uh, we'll call it a tool to mm. really kind of explore the the mind kind of just to get on the back of what you were saying about like the culture and like the cartoon trips and stuff like that. I feel like it's kind of making like a comeback, right? Like in all of these, I mean, this, this wasn't what we saw on TV. Like there was no episode of um, family matters or whatever with like Urkel where Urkel was like accidentally fucking dosing and just be like, wow, 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 wow. Like pulling on his suspenders. Like we didn't start seeing that until I feel like we didn't start seeing that until like the, either the late nineties or the early two thousands. Right. I think it was still, I think it existed in uh, 70s and 80s programming um, and movies and stuff like that. I think it was still a trope for sure um, there. Maybe, but maybe it wasn't part of the general programming for like Friends or NBC or ABC. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, I don't know if you're going to see that. What character on Friends would you like to have seen do acid? I never watched Friends. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I, I would have liked to see all of them on it, and I would have liked to see all of them realize they were not really friends, and that They're would not have been really the, friends. The, the finale of the show. It's just uh, Ross going, hey, you guys ever notice we're really just binded together through trauma, but don't really appreciate that much about each other? <laughs> <laughs> we don't like each other. I don't think we do. We just always get into these hijinks and have to like solve these little tiny problems, and that's the only reason we hang out together at all. Do you, guys, do you guys think we create these problems for ourselves because we hate our lives? Or it's like there's this other person watching us and we just have to entertain <laughs> them. <laughs> you guys ever feel like we're performing for other people? Where's that laughter coming from? <laughs> Why is it so forced? Oh, God. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, so I, f- I feel like we kind of covered like why we're doing this, right? 
I think, yeah, I think we... What do we expect to happen doing this for two weeks? You mean like realistically and like logistically, what will my day-to-day look like? Is that your question? Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. If that's where you want to take it, like uh, walk me through brushing your teeth on this. Oh, I want to walk through brushing my teeth, microdosing. <laughs> I want to tell you what I think that will be like. Well, uh, brushing one tooth at a time, being well, like, no longer will I brush the whole mouth at once. I'm going to pay extra special attention to every inch of my body, you know? I'm going to feel that tooth. What I think, uh, I don't know what time we're going to like take it during the day. Like, I, I don't know anything about that. My, my assumption is we'll wake up, I'll have my coffee, do a little acid. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, I guess I'm, I'm imagining a non-work day. Going through my day more or less the same, maybe with like the slight undercurrent, like almost as if I'm really caffeinated or maybe on Adderall or something like that, where I feel something's a little different, but it's not enough for me. It's not like I'm shit faced or high. You know, I'm just I've noticed that it's like I feel a little different. And hopefully that will lead to me just being like, wow, I feel really peaceful or it's like, man, it's a beautiful day. Look at the look at the flowers that are blooming on the tree right outside or something like that, you know? And just these small little details, I'm hoping I'll just be a little bit more aware of. How do you, how do you see it going for yourself? Um, so did you ever take Adderall? Like, were you ever prescribed Adderall as a kid? Like, prescribed it. Not like, you know, oh, I need to write a college paper. I'm going to buy this from, uh, you know, this kid's skeech sitting next to me. But um, No, I n- never had a prescription. So, no. I, yeah, I, I took Adderall from, like, first grade. Uh, no, um, I took Ritalin in first grade. And then second grade till, like, high school, I was on Adderall. Wow. Um, so Adderall was kind of almost like a fugue state where it's like I took it in the morning and then like the next thing I know it was like the end of the day and like all my work would be done, but I would just have like no r- relationship with the world around me. I'm imagining it's going to be the opposite of that. Right. Where it's not just like, you know, I blink and it's over, but like every day will kind of feel like a week, which I'm actually really looking forward to. I am too, man. Like, that sounds fucking amazing. That fugue state analogy that you're making right there, I totally feel that as well, just even from coffee. Yeah. You know, that I just like chug all my coffee and before I know it, it's like, oh, it's 6 p.m. already? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was really productive today, but I don't remember my day at all. That'll happen to me sometimes at work. Yeah, like it'll be nine, I'll have my coffee, and then I'm like, oh, and it's 2 p.m. I didn't do anything. Yeah, it's like you're an engine. You just turn on, you start producing something, yeah. and at the end of it, you're just like, okay, I'm human again. It's nighttime, but I'm tired. Like, what am I going to do? I'm hoping that you're right and that we'll be able to really live a little bit more in the moment what what you know what i'm hearing from all this is regardless of what happens after this microdosing one you and i just need to start meditating a little bit more <laughs> you know what maybe we'll do that next maybe that'll be like the thesis the uh antithesis and then like the synthesis and like the meditation will be the synthesis so we can kind of come down from this what i imagine is going to be a really intense experience I hope it is, man. You know what? What I'm also hearing from from us talking about this is I don't care so much about microdosing. I just want a full-on dose every day. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing from myself. And uh, I hope my therapist isn't listening. And if she and if she is, I hope she remembers the disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> or my or or my mom. I'm uh, uh, this is all happening allegedly anyway. So this is uh, a work of fiction. Uh, we're both characters. Um, this has been War of the Worlds. I'm HG Wells. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> um Beyond that, um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I I almost think it'll be kind of like, I'll think of my consciousness almost as like a cue ball, kind of banging into like the the parameters of the pool table, which is kind of like my uh, perception of of the world, like my constructed reality. And I imagine that like by doing this, I'll be able to kind of like more cognizantly like brush or, 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 you know, collide into that and then maybe like break through it and be able to kind of like 
I don't know, like expand my my worldview a, a little bit, um, kind of just by going through my day to day, not you know, uh, completely uh, under the influence of the substance. Like, cause when I did it previously, you know, like I was like, okay, like I'm, cl I cleared my fucking schedule. Like it was just like, I turned my phone off. I was either in an apartment with friends or I was like at a theme park and like taking that whole day off work. Like we're going about our day-to-day -day lives. So I'm wondering what that day-to-day -day under the influence of this is, is, is going to be like. Yeah, man, I'm excited to find out with you. I'm hoping that sim I have a similar experience with that. I'm really hoping that there is some kind of a, an expansion or like an understand a better understanding of my place in the larger context of my life and kind of of the world in general. I you know I keep going back to this this book I read because it's you know I don't read that often. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, I'm the, I'm exactly the guy you mentioned uh, earlier in this episode who's read one book and won't stop talking about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um. I'm kind of a little excited to experience hopefully some ego death and kind of see the idea of self dissolve a little bit more into a broader context. And hopefully in that, I'll be able to have a deeper appreciation for things outside of myself. You know what I think we should do for ourselves and maybe even for the listeners is I think we should record um, what we think of like our self-concept. I think we should record what we think our self-concept is before this and then maybe even during this or while we're experiencing this and, and kind of compare and contrast and see how necessary even this all is. Because I mean, if we're right on the money, like then I think maybe it even kind of goes to show that this was uh, a fruitless endeavor and maybe it's just an excuse <laughs> people give themselves to always be taking uh, psychedelics. So you said uh, our sense of self, is that what you mentioned? Or our self-concept? Or like self -concept? our self-concept maybe. Like, uh, so what, what is that? We can kind of talk about what that is um, off, uh, you know, later. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm down to to learn what you mean by that <laughs> and uh, maybe record <laughs> that as well. Um, but yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm super down. I'm also just, uh, you, you reminded me that uh, how excited I am to listen to your captain's logs and to record my own captain's logs and just like kind of dive into that and see if there's even a difference or if it's just going to be a lot of like day five, I feel normal. <laughs> <laughs> this is microdosing. Yeah. I'm taking more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And just a quick reminder. Every camp, Ian and I, we maintain uh, daily captain's logs about just kind of explaining our experience through this. Uh, yeah, if there is ever a time to be excited about captain's logs, this is it. Um, all right, so uh, I think usually we end uh, part one with our big questions or our big theories, but I, I think in this instance, we're going to do a little bit more research before we come up with that. Um, but I mean, that might be it what you heard just then. So in any case... I, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, Shay, I'll, I'll catch you on the other side. Anything you'd like to say to uh, our beautiful babies before we go? I can't wait to see you. I love you very much. Kisses from daddy. Always so creepy. Always <laughs> so creepy. Someone's got to do it. No one has to do it. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, no one has to. No. That's... All right. Um... All right. Well, I guess uh, we'll be in touch. And then uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have another big talk next week. Uh, yeah, man. I'll, I'll, I'll see you then. And, uh, and then we're gonna, we're gonna di we are going to take that dive into the deep end. All right, brother. All right. See you then, man. As always, a very special thanks to you, the listener, for listening. Theme song written by Retrolux. Here at camp, we love supporting music and the people who make it. If you want your music featured on Camp Re-Education, please go to our website to learn more. Stay tuned for next week where Shay and I review our daily captain's logs. And if you can't wait that long, follow us on Twitter and Instagram to get a sneak peek into next week's episode. And finally, because we love you so much, here's a little taste of what's to come.
next week on Camp Reeducation. It was a beautiful photo. Regardless, whether or not it conveyed the, uh, the satanic or demonic ritual, it, it looked like a couple having fun.